Welcome to this week's podcast, Woman Who Chat, where I'll be interviewing women in business who share their inspirational stories and their top tips, especially for you. My name is Sandra Garlick and I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I'm delighted to bring these interviews to you each week to inspire you so that you can achieve in the future. Hello, we're here today with Lady AD from Lady AD Publications. It's lovely to have you here today, Lady. Great to be here talking with you, Sandra. And today we're here chatting about Ladies Chapter in the current edition of I Am A Woman Who 2021. Will We can see that you've also written your own book this year, and that's Lady Ada's Successful Business Networking Online. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But sharing your story can be quite a challenge for a lot of people. And you've shared some personal elements in there as well, which I think is really important to be able to understand you as a person, the person behind the business. And I love the way you said that you found books from a very early age. So how how old were you when you first got into books? Well, I I can really remember the first Ladybird book, which was actually The Lord's Prayer, which was my brother's, but somehow I got hold of it. And I sort of, considering how much difficulty I had with reading, I found that really easy to memorise and learn and know what was coming next, etc. And then from there on in, my mother was a school teacher. So I found, you know, if I had a book in my hand, I wasn't expected to go and clean my room or tidy up or something. So it was a great, oh, I can just do this and therefore I'll be left alone. So it was a great teenage tactic as well. Yeah, I love that, love that. And, you know, you had various roles. You were in secretarial roles and had various roles. You worked with uh, charities and various things, moved around with your husband's job, obviously, because he was in the forces. And, you know, I found it really enlightening that, you know, you've got a 16 year old daughter, she struggled with dyslexia and you had a conversation, didn't you, which was life changing, I think, in a way. T- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my daughter, who's now nearer 30, but when she was 16, they asked to do a dyslexic test. It came back that she was dyslexic. It was quite interesting. My older daughter had gone through the same thing, but we and we'd got a bit upset about it because we knew she'd got a fantastic memory. In fact, she's got a bit of photographic memory that it you know it did not apply. And we said she is not dyslexic, but they insisted on doing the test and found she wasn't. So when it came to my youngest daughter, my youngest daughter had remembered the the um, angst around that situation. So she was a bit worried. She told us this later. She she was really worried about it. And then she came back saying she was dyslexic. And we went, yeah, that fits. But I didn't think it applied to me. But when I was talking with Candice, I said, said, oh, tell me what, what happens for you. And she just said, well, I can't always read the words in the right order. And, and sometimes I trip over my words. And I said, but that's the same for absolutely everyone. And she said, no, mum, it's only for those who are dyslexic. So I thought, okay, I better go get checked, which I did and discovered that lo and behold, yeah, I was. But, you know, growing up in the 70s is not the sort of thing that they particularly picked up on. So here you are now a publisher, you publish books and you've published over 100 books, um, as you said in your chapter. But what I find amazing is that actually you found a way 
you found a way to deal with your dyslexia. And, you know, probably it, it, the message I took from that was if you are suffering from dyslexia, it's not a barrier to publishing your own book, is it? No, it certainly isn't. And I'm a dyslexic who loves words. And I love books and I love authors and I love everything around the book world. It's our goal to reach 100 books published for people right. by 2025. Yeah. That, right. that's, okay. that's where we're going with that. And I just wish I'd come into this world of publishing a bit sooner. But, you know, you take everything in life and different experiences and it, nothing's wasted. So I'm back into the world of books now. But I do have people come to me and say, well, I can't do that because I'm dyslexic. And it doesn't hold water for me because I've written nine books myself, helping other people. I can spot a typo at 100 yards. But there's other ways of, of writing your book. You can talk it through. And then I don't expect to proofread my, my words. But my daughter's got English as her a degree and she is perfect and she does you know, that proofreading so you find people to help you but I do find people with dyslexia are often very much on the creative continuum very high in that area so I have an author who he hasn't said he's dyslexic but when we got his work he could talk the story beautifully and he could do a huge amount of research but when he tried to put it together, it didn't meet our standard. And I suddenly thought there's a problem here. So we had to go back to him and say, I think you need a copywriter to help you get your voice out and just to form the sentences and the paragraphs so that a reader would enjoy your book. And that's what we did. So there's lots of strategies you can put in. But ultimately, if there's a book in you, then you know, let it out because you've got something to say. Yeah, and you, you believe there's a book in everybody, as there, there probably well is. And and last year we, we faced lockdown and we were in the pandemic and you decided to write a book in, in a very short period of time. And I was pleased to be featured in that book. Thank you very much. So you published Successful Business Networking Online. So how did that come about? Well, I think most people, when it was March 2020, there was a lot of fear for business. And I just thought, oh, my business is going to fall off a cliff. I'm not going to get many clients. What I'll do then is I'll write a book about what's happening because I'd seen it happen in the recession in 2007, 2008, where networking imploded. And I thought, what's going to happen now? So, And initially, people were very resistant of using Zoom for their networking. You know, there was this huge learning curve we all had to go through. And people say, I can't wait to get back in person. And I don't like this Zoom business. It's not the same. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then something happened a couple of months in. People suddenly thought, do you know what? There's something different here. And I actually think I might prefer it. And I thought, right, let's record it. Let's really investigate. And I wanted to know, is in-person networking the same as online? And I, I discovered, because I have over 100 people contributing in this book, just from their perspective, or I've interviewed people about networking. And what really came out was that the principles of networking remain the same. But there are certain areas in online networking which are vastly different 
And if you know those rules and their protocols, you can do better business. Fantastic. And uh, you've had some really positive feedback from the book, from publication. And obviously, Zoom is an everyday word now that everybody loves. And I think we've all found the efficiencies of Zoom and not having to travel has made networking a more efficient way of being able to pack more in when, you know, we haven't got those long journeys either side. So, um, And it opens the door for more for people with any disabilities because they, they, you, know, you don't know. And those with um, issues with hearing, they've got control of the, um, of the volume and they can lip read better because pretty much in, in this little box, which is also your business card, you're, you can see the full face. So you can see the lip patterns. So there's a lot of benefit on the Zoom way. And that's something I've experienced myself, having lost my own hearing. You know, it's trying to talk to somebody face to face with a mask. It's just a no-no when you are reliant on lip reading. So, yeah, very valuable point there. So what's on the horizon? What's next? What's next? Well, as I said, I thought the um, my business would halt. The opposite happened. I've gone from a hobby business to a full-on, full-time business, which has had to bring in other people to support me as well, which has been absolutely incredible. So when I was writing this book, I had to write it between four in the morning and eight. Then I'll do some networking and I do about 10 to 15 networks per week. And then I would have client calls and discovery calls and it just blew up. Lots of people took the time to think, actually, I've always wanted to write a book. And then others have said, I've had a book, I've written it, I've not done anything with it. Others have said, I've got some training, I've got ebook, why don't I make that into a full book? And, you know, I'm having conversations all the time now with people and it's just brilliant. You know, I think we change the world one book at a time and it could well be your book. So if you could give one tip or insight to our audience, what would that be? It's about being self-aware enough to know where your full interest is in your business. Which bit is it that you excel at? Which is the bit that you will put everything off and just do that part? And then maximizing that. And if it's at all possible, the bits around the edges, outsource it. Great advice there. Thank you. We've been speaking to Lady Aidy from Lady Aidy Publications. Thank you, Lady. You're welcome. Thank you for joining the Woman Who Chat weekly podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You can join me next week to hear another inspirational woman in business. In the meantime, you might want to visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey.